0: the Sherry Wellness Podcast. I'm Ashley and I'm here today with my friend, Dr. Piper Gibson. I am really excited to introduce you all to her. So without further ado, Dr. Piper, why don't you take a second and just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your credentials, and how long you've been in practice.
1: Yeah, sure. So I am a doctor of functional medicine. I am a doctor of advanced holistic nutrition. I am a traditional naturopathic doctor, I'm board certified in natural medicine. Um, I went back to school seven years ago and relearned everything I thought I knew about health and wellness when my son was sick and the conventional approach failed us. So I have been in practice. Um, I'm also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So that was going to my Very first certification. And I went back to school. I relearned everything. I'm still going back to school, relearning everything. And I've been in practice almost six years. And I see everybody. My practice is 100% virtual.
0: Okay, great. So um, you say you had to relearn everything because your son got sick. What were some of the biggest things that you had to relearn? Like the first aha moment for you? Um, That there is no
1: magical pill. Like, you go to the doctor and you get a diagnosis, and there's like, go home and take this pill. Well, there is no magical pill. I mean, we tried like eight different prescriptions. We went to 10 different doctors. So it was like second opinion after second opinion after second opinion. And it really dawned on me that they were missing the why. Like, why is this happening? Here's this pill to cover it up, but why is it happening? And so I guess I'm much like a toddler in the sense that I'm always like, why? Why? Why are you telling <laughs> And so I, you know, there's actually studies that say that there's only about 18% of the population that are very inquisitive and ask why. So it was really for me that there is no magical pill and that they're missing the why. They're missing the what's going on under the hood piece.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much my journey too. And I'm also always asking why, like what's making it tick? What's going on here? There's got to be a reason um, and I think it's important to talk about how prescriptions really don't address that. They're really kind of just covering up the symptoms, right? And then whatever the why is continues to fester under the surface.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I, as a parent, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about, but I specialize in in tick disorder. So I'm a tick tic disorder expert. But for me, when I started to dig into the research, I found this study from the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And it really states that medications prescribed for tick disorders rarely reduce symptoms more than 30%. So parents are going into these appointments thinking, oh, I'm finally going to be able to help my child relieve their symptoms, and they're not going to be having these uncontrollable body movements. But we're not told, hey, this is probably not going to reduce symptoms more than 30%. But also, those medications that you're taking are prescribed off-label, label, which is an FDA-approved drug used for an unapproved use. So We're not told these things. We're just like, Hey, here's your pill, put your bandaid on. And so when I started digging into the research, I was really floored by the expectations we as parents have and then what the reality really looks like.
0: Well, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that too, because I think there's lots of reasons people can have tick disorders. Um, And my assumption would be that potentially there's a toxic burden involved. And sometimes those medications can actually potentially exacerbate the ticks rather than help them. Is that a shot in the dark or?
1: No, I, I see that very frequently is that, you know, they will say we started taking such and such and there's this huge increase in symptoms. And so, yes, that, that is part of it. I, there, I mean, there is new research and studies all the time, but you know, this recent study really states that Tourette syndrome and related disorders, so things like tic disorders, OCD, ADHD, there is a component of immune system dysregulation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've been saying for years, tic disorders are not purely neurological, but we look at this study and then of course me, I'm like, well, what are they missing? They're missing the why. Why is the immune system dysregulated? So yes, there's the toxic burden piece. There's this underlying stressor piece that is just going unaccounted for.
0: Yeah, I would agree. That's overlooked a lot in a lot of different conditions. Um, so when you are working with someone, what kind of interventions are you putting into place to help support them?
1: So we are really looking at, you know, I am the fan of the test, don't guess model. So we are really going to dig into like, what what's going on? We're going to look at, I look at about 935 different biomarkers with my clients, but really what's going on and how does this connect to what's happening? And then we really start to focus on how can we start to reduce this imbalance and this inflammation in your body so we are going to work on things like changing your your nutrition eating whole foods you know avoiding those inflammatory foods we're going to make sure that we're sleeping and we're getting sunlight and we're getting out of the screen time but we're also going to explore this hidden you know infections what's happening on in your gut what's happening in your immune system what's happening with your genetics? Because for me, the, one of the big eye openers for me with my son was when we looked at his genetics, we were like, oh my gosh, this! all of this makes so much sense. We were able to really start to refine everything that we were doing to support his genes. So yes, we had changed diet. We had done all these other things, but you know, we, when I'm working with clients, it's really looking at, well, what are all these factors and how do we use natural approaches to start reducing symptoms? So diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation, you know, the whole functional diagnostic nutrition dress protocol is a big piece of what we do.
0: Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes to just this approach that we take in the functional medicine space it is you're right there's no pill it is a lifestyle change it takes effort and a lot of work and time but it's so worth it you know there's just there's nothing like seeing a significant shift in someone you've been working with and making sometimes really basic changes right like just little things can make have such a huge impact
1: absolutely absolutely and you know parents will come in and be like I don't I don't need you to hold my hand. And I'm like, stop right there. Yes, you do. You are going to get into this process and feel like I am melting your brain with information. This is a complete re-education. I re-educated myself. Now I'm re-educating you. And so for me, it's they, a lot of people just don't understand, like a lot of these little tweaks and changes may make a very huge difference for your child.
0: Yeah. And you touched on some of the conditions that are associated with tick disorders, but what conditions do you support in your practice?
1: Um, so, I do specialize in the tick disorders and any kind of what I call the laundry list of symptoms. So, the OCD, the sensory processing disorder, the ADHD, the ADD. You know, all of I will say that most of the clients I work with do have a laundry list of symptoms. It's not just ticks, you know, there's constipation, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, but we have actually expanded our practice, and I have um, three other practitioners that are working with me. And so, we are working with some adults with autoimmune. Um, Things like that. So really kind of looking at now on a case by case basis, if it's not one of our like key specialties, like what is it can that we can help you with? Like I had someone reach out yesterday and say, hey, I have a client I'd like to refer to you and she has just extreme severe anxiety. Like, Is this something you can work with? I'm like, yes, let's let's take a look. Let's take take a deeper look at what's going on with her
0: right because there can be such a huge genetic component there too as well right absolutely i mean i think and i
1: i feel and i know that when we're talking about genetics it's not i'm not looking at what i like to call oh my gosh i'm gonna die genes we're not looking at colon cancer we're not looking at breast cancer we are really looking at these genes in a way that here's your roadmap how do we support these genetics to give you the optimal health that you need so like if you're driving on a bridge every day to work and that bridge has a ton of hazards there's only one way to get to work you have to drive on this bridge and it's got a crack in it one and two there's tires and trash and dead skunks and you're like you know trying to maneuver this bridge and every day you're like, man this is so dangerous you're gonna call up your city and be like hey can we fix this we've got to take care of this and so when we look at genes we're saying hey let's fix this let's take care of this what hazards Do we need to remove to support your genetics, but what cracks do we need to reinforce? So we can really look at these pieces as your roadmap, your genetic roadmap. What can we do to give you this optimal health and change that environment around you to really impact your genetics?
0: So you talked about the bridge and all of the cracks and the debris that we need to clean up. What are some of the ways that we do that in the body?
1: Yeah, so you know, when it comes to genetics, there's so much, what I like to say is misinformation. It's not technically wrong it's just the way that it's presented isn't wholly complete. It's not correct. And so a lot of people hear about like, they will Google MTHFR. And I say MTHFR is the the hot, sexy gene. Everybody knows it. They've heard of it. Tons of people have Googled it, but I'm like, that's not where you start. And one gene does not make a whole hazardous situation. So I really start to dig into this piece with Your inflammatory genes. So you have on switches and off switches for inflammation. And we're going to look do you or your child have this predisposition to aggressive chronic inflammation? And what can we do to start to bring that down? So, one of the ways, of course, we're looking at diet what are those, some of those really inflammatory foods, gluten, dairy, eggs? We're going to look at that in conjunction with food sensitivity testing. Or what's going on in your environment? Are you cleaning your health? house with bleach or Lysol? Are you microwaving plastics? Are you drinking out of plastics? Are you spraying with pesticides? Do you live near farmland? So we can look at all of these factors where we can start to like improve people's internal environments, but also their external environments as well. So that for me is a big piece of putting starting to put it together for people. It's not just the genes, but it's like, how does your roadmap connect to everything else?
0: Sure. So... I'm guessing that sometimes pets could be an issue for people then if there are allergies or is that something that you can manage?
1: Well, luckily I've never had to say you need to get rid of your dog. What I find with people is, especially when we are working on the gut, we find that a lot of these allergies, their immune system has been super turned on. So we want to know like, well, why are you allergic to the dog in the first place? Because really the studies out there show that people with pets are less allergic to animals. So we want to figure out like, well, why are you allergic to your dog or your cat? But when we start to work on the gut, you know, I really find as we're working through that process, all of a sudden people are like, well, my environmental allergies poof, like I'm not experiencing this anymore. The dog mm-hmm. allergy or whatever the case may be is because we've really taken that time to turn the immune system back down to where it's supposed
0: to be. Sure. And I would guess stress can play a role in the way that that immune system responds, right? Emotional stress, all sorts of other stressors. We
1: live in such a stressful time period. I think for me, I always say kids with tick disorders are living in a constant state of fight or flight. Their bodies are so overwhelmed. And when your body becomes so stressed out, you actually take the energy from the brain. Kids' brains especially are the biggest place that we need energy but we start to take that energy from the brain and use it in other parts of the body as part of that fight or flight response. And so I love Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about like, it's like driving on the highway and putting your foot on the gas and your foot on the brake at the same time, your body doesn't know what to do because you're going to sit through the situation. Like you're sitting in class, but your body's telling you, you got to, you got to run, you got to step on the gas and you're saying, no, 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 we're not doing that. And so, you know, I find that stress is a huge piece for The families that I'm working with. And we have to look at environmental stress, biological stress, emotional stress, but also physical stress. Like so many kids are sitting on their boats. They're not Mm -hmm. doing anything. I'm like, you've got to get out and and
0: move Move your body. body, That's right. Yeah. So what are some of, I would assume supplements play a role in some of this, what are some of your favorites?
1: I love microbiome labs, uh, mega IgG 2000. So it's immunoglobulins. So I'd like to tell parents, like, if you breastfeed your child, they get lots of these rich immunoglobulins that really support their gut and their immune system. So I love MEGA IgG 2000 um, for that. It's also a really good binder. So I have a lot of clients who maybe we have mold or environmental toxins. So it helps to kind of bind that up and get that out as well. Um, That is one of my favorites. But I would say, like, my number one, I don't recommend a lot of supplements without really looking at what's going on in the testing. Sure. I don't really don't. But my number one, like, I think everybody needs is cod liver oil. And your grandma was right. And I laugh because my grandma was right get in here and take this spoonful of cod liver oil. It is rich with A and D, very supportive of the immune system, plus the omegas, which are very anti-inflammatory. So you're getting this really good immune infl- inflammatory support from... Cod liver oil, not all cod liver oil is created equal. So like I love Rosita's organic cod liver oil.
0: Yeah. Can you talk about that for just a second? Because I think what I see a lot is people thinking that they can grab something off the shelf at the local store uh, on the corner and, or, you know, a discount store maybe and think that that's the same quality and it's cheaper. So they're going to go with that. Um, and I I do think that's important to spend some time educating people around the different formulations, the quality of the product, the efficacy of them, all of those things really play a major factor in whether you're getting the benefit of what you're using in the first place.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, know, you and I, you know, talk about, have talked about these things before, but like you see the importance in really looking at what is a really good product that people should be using and we know from certain discount stores previously years ago when we researched when research was looking at well what's in these capsules nine times out of ten it was fillers like Mm -hmm. you know rice flour things like that it wasn't really what should have been in the capsules so for me you know i've spent so much time researching and really figuring out like who's formulating these these products what goes into them like are they gluten-free dairy-free egg-free are they organic so when we think about like Cod liver oil. Why do you want organic? Well, one because you want to make sure that there's not going to be a lot of you know pesticides in there. You want a cod liver oil where they're testing for mercury. You also want a cod. You want a cod liver oil where we're looking at more like of a wild caught variety because farm raised is really more prone to higher levels of heavy metals. They're prone to um, parasites, things like that. So we really want to look at like, what is that quality of our cod liver oil? For example, are we getting something that's low in heavy metals? That's low in parasite infestation that, um, doesn't have a lot of, you know, or any herbicides and pesticides. So we really want to look at like, what is a good product? I will tell you not all supplement products. They're not created equal. They just aren't. There is really a scale of really good, you know, good, better, best, Um, And there's a scale of really, really bad.
0: Yeah, I would agree. My general rule of thumb or just suggestion to people is to check for the 1-800 number on the bottles and to call in and ask if this product is third-party tested and verified. And I can't tell you, I mean, at least four or five different companies I've called in on for people just to let them see the process. And the people answering the phone have no idea what I'm talking about when I ask that question. That's a red flag, guys. If they don't know what third-party testing and they're not testing independently to verify what is in, but also maybe more importantly, what is not in their product, it is not something you want to be consuming, right? Absolutely. It, it's a yeah. lot of times I, way more detrimental. It's not not that it's not even helping. It could be hurting.
1: And you know, so many people come to me and they are like, well you know, we saw that we should try magnesium. We saw that we should try B6. We saw that we should try B12. And they're doing all of these things and grabbing these things on the shelf that are not good quality, that are not the right formulation. I mean, even when you look at supplements, you have to look at, you have synthetic supplements, and then you have the bioavailable supplements Since synthetic supplements, your body may not even be able to, you know, convert those or use those. And it's just really kind of a waste. And so I have called a kazooion supplement companies and asked questions about their products. And Mm -hmm. I know what companies are going to be able to answer those questions and what companies are not.
0: And magnesium, I think is an important one to talk about too, because there's so many different forms. You don't want to use just any form for anything, right? If you've got Mm -hmm. headaches and you're taking citrate, you're going to end up with diarrhea, (laughs) right? (laughs) But if I'm constipated and I'm taking malate, I'm probably not going to help facilitate healthy bowel movements as effectively as if I did use a citrate. So it's important, you guys, when you are looking at supplements, to start talking to people like Dr. Gibson, like a health coach or some other functional medicine practitioner that you trust um, to get some good guidance uh, around what to use, how to use it. Dose dependency is really important. Um, There are things that you can get too toxic on. Um, So it's, it's really important to have a really I think, um, structured approach and personalized approach to using these supplements because they are essential for a lot of healing, but you need a good guide to help you figure out what to use when and how much, you know, it's important.
1: It really is. And, you know, I look back and say, you know, I probably spent thousands and thousands of dollars on supplements that like didn't work that we threw in the trash that I can look back now and be like, Ooh, those were not what I should have been putting in a sick child's body.
0: Right. Right. And you don't know what you don't know. So a lot of it is trial and error. But we're here just to kind of, again, educate and empower and to start to shine a light on these things to help just the general public who doesn't spend their spare time asking why and reading research articles like we do, (laughs) because they maybe have more fun things to do on a Friday night. I don't know. Um, But it's it's important. It's important information. And it's something I'm really passionate about. Getting the message out so that people can really start to take their health care back into their own hands and and get better because um, we don't have to be sick. No. So thank you for sharing all of that. Exciting things, though. Uh, Dr. Piper Gibson, I believe, has a book that you guys may want to check out. What's that book called? Tell us about it. I
1: do. It is called TikTok, and it is uh, common misconceptions natural approaches and real conversations about tick disorders. Um, and it, it is on your Amazon shelves right now. So you can grab that book, um, either in paperback or hard copy, but really just my journey through working with my own son, but really tons of research and information that I've really compiled along the way.
0: So that's TikTok, guys, T-I-K-T-A-L-K, not to be confused with TikTok, which you may find TikTok's about TikTok. I don't know if you're doing TikTok or not, but um, I love the title. I love that it's out there. I think it's a really important tool for especially a lot of mamas who are struggling with these kids who are just overwhelmed and overloaded with toxic burden and all sorts of challenges right now. Um, especially during COVID. I feel like all of these sorts of things just really got exacerbated for a lot of people. So thank you for doing your work and putting that out there. Um, How can people find you if they're like, I need to talk to Dr. Piper and her team. um, What's the best way for them to get in touch?
1: Yeah. So I have a website. It's www.regenerating.health, not.com, regenerating.health. I'm on Instagram at Regenerating Health. I'm on Facebook at Regenerating Health. I also have a private Facebook group. I also have a private Facebook group for parents called Tick Disorder Secrets, A Natural Approach. And I do do a live kind of informational talk every Tuesday with parents, TikTok Tuesday. Um, yes, I have really capitalized on the TikTok piece, but, it. but it's working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is working and people need to know it's a great resource. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today and share all of this information. If there's anything that you would like to have Dr. Piper and I dig deeper on in future episodes, please drop a comment, send us an email at um, info at um, or reach out to Dr. Piper directly. Thank you guys for being here. Hope you enjoyed meeting Dr. Piper and we'll see you soon.